This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Jim Schmerling, President and CEO of Connecticut Children's Medical Center in Hartford. Jim, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. It's great to be with you. Before we dive into the questions, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. Um, I am in my 41st year uh, working in children's hospitals. I've been in several um, over the last 40 years. Um, became a, a CEO for the first time in 1995. So I've uh, been in children's hospitals and, and adult hospitals that had a children's hospital. So I've been in very, very different models of, of pediatric healthcare, but uh, it is my passion. And I get up every morning, loving every second of it, wanting to have another 40 years to go. Uh, it's, it's a great mission. Absolutely. And so important to so many families and in communities in terms of being able to care for sick kids. I think, you know, in, in some respects, there's very few other higher callings than, than being able to do that. Well, I love it. Most, most of the children's hospitals um, and those that I've been in are all affiliated with academic institutions. And so working in an environment that's not only caring for children, but is also uh, doing research and looking for ways to improve care and uh, prevent illness and injury. It's a, it's a wonderful mission and have the opportunity to work with some very talented people. That's great. That's great. Well, I'm excited to have you here and talk through a little bit more of your experiences and what you're seeing for the future. So first off, what are your top priorities today, especially given where we're at in the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, what you've been through over the past year? What are you really uh, prioritizing right now? I think uh, one of our top priorities is behavioral health uh, for children. Of course, behavioral health is a crisis for, for everyone, for families, for adults, seniors, but for children, it's been particularly difficult. Um, and this was a challenge even pre-COVID, but it's been exacerbated. So on any given day, we have 30 to 40 children in the emergency department that are coming in with some significant behavioral health issues. And that's just overwhelming demand that we were struggling to keep up with. And the, in the meantime, the community has reduced the number of inpatient psychiatric beds. There just aren't enough resources in the community to help these children. So it's become a significant issue for us and a top priority. The other thing that, that uh, has been exacerbated is the factors that are outside of health care, the social determinants of health. Uh, we know that the uh, individuals who've been affected by COVID disproportionately have been minorities, and they are disproportionately impacted by the social determinants, um, whether it's housing or food insecurity, uh, safety. Those are all things that drive uh, health care needs, and that has exacerbated um, the demand for, for services. And so that's something that we're, we're trying to address as it relates to the children and families. And then third, the third thing that's uh, really been uh, difficult and that we're, we're challenged with is financing. Um, children's hospitals across the country had the same experience in terms of reduced um, volume because we voluntarily we, uh, eliminated a lot of the, the uh, elective activity that we had in the hospital. So our revenues dropped at the same time we were purchasing PPE. And so our expenses went up. Uh, we were not recipients of significant federal dollars because the formulas that were used were based on Medicare uh, revenues, and children's hospitals don't, don't take care of a lot of Medicare patients. And so uh, it, it put some additional financial burden on our institutions. And even though the, the volume of patients has started to come up, it's not back to where it was before. So the, the financial struggles and sustainability are a key issue for us. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And it's really interesting to think about all three issues, you know, both the influx of behavioral health um, patients that are coming through some of the social determinants of health and then the financing side of things. Given those issues that you're facing today, how do you anticipate your role and your teams will evolve in the next 18 months? Well, I think um, 
the, the first thing is that we are uh, trying to expand our, our reach to children, uh, build a, a bigger um, outreach, more outreach for children. We uh, implemented telemedicine, as many hospitals have done. That now represents 20 to 30 percent of all of our outpatient visits. And so over the next 18 months, we're looking at how do we expand that. Again, sustainability is a key question. We're, we're getting reimbursed um, on parity with an on-site visit during the crisis. But I think once the emergency has been declared over, uh, we want to be able to sustain the funding. So I think we'll be watching that very closely. But I think telemedicine is here to say. And then we're, we're also looking at, um, because we, we, we've had these uh, phenomenal activities over the last eight, uh, 12 months, the next 18 is how can we create opportunities from that? What have we learned? What can we do differently? And how can we improve? And so we've, we've looked at our own operations. It's, it's created a sense of urgency to, to reduce some of our corporate overhead, take areas that were fixed costs and convert them into being variable costs. We have a number of innovative ways to do that. Some of the research that we're engaged in, which I think will change um, some some activities that we do in the hospital, such as uh, uh, regenerative uh, uh, cell biology. Um, there's a lot of research in that field that I think is going to change the uh, delivery system and how we have to operate where we might be able to use, in our case, children's uh, cells and uh, put them in a, on a scaffold, uh, implant them in children and have them regenerate and re regenerate their own tissue so that we don't have to have major surgical procedures to, to correct certain conditions uh, like esophageal atresia. So I think there's there's a lot that, that we're going to be doing that we're accelerating. The, the research was taking place, but we're accelerating it as a result of the, 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 the uh, urgency that we have and what's happened over the last year. Fascinating. I think it's really interesting to think about some of those possibilities in terms of the research and the new types of treatment, um, as well as, you know, the opportunity now here in healthcare to do some restructuring and, and being able to um, make sure the organization is in the best place possible to succeed in the future. I'm wondering when you look at some of those opportunities to uh, kind of restructure the way you run organizationally, is there anything in particular you can point to that you've already started that is showing some success or, or something that seems really promising? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the areas that we were looking at um, over the last year was the uh, revenue cycle. Um, we looked at ways to reduce our costs, but also to improve the, uh, the days of cash. And uh, we partnered with a company called Guidehouse, and they've helped us a great deal. And in doing that, we realized that there are other children's hospitals across the country that have had very similar challenges, and that if we were to combine our resources and create one back room for, for revenue cycle, we might be able to get economies of scale, um, share and uh, best practices, and greatly enhance our ability to uh, convert what's been a fixed cost of overhead in the institution to being variable. Uh, and that is by combining staffs, when when our patient volumes go down, uh, we can staff down and, and re redeploy our, our, our employees to other children's hospitals who may need support. And when the volume goes up and we need to flex up, there's a bigger pool of people to pull from. And so we can get these uh, significant economies of scale rather than all of us doing it, all of this by ourselves. Uh, so we incorporated a um, children's health consortium last August and uh, are, are talking to other children's hospitals about joining us. And just with our own efforts since August, we've almost doubled our days of cash. We've reduced our costs and um, revenue cycle, and it's been a big success. 
Interesting. Yeah, that, that sounds like it's been a great thing for you be, to be able to do. And what a great idea to bring so many different organizations together and really collaborate on best practices and advice. Uh, I'm wondering now, what are you excited about and what makes you nervous? <laughs> well, what I'm excited about is all these new opportunities that are, that are appearing, uh, taking lemons and making lemonade. I, I think this Children's Health Consortium I'm very excited about. Um, we are looking at uh, another partnership and working with a company that does pediatric home care and creating a joint venture in Connecticut and looking at, at uh, providing home care specifically geared towards children. Uh, we have a number of kids who are in the hospital that we can't discharge because there aren't nurses or equipment that are unique to kids. And so they stay in the hospital uh, longer than they would necessarily have to if, if those resources were available. So we're partnering to create a pediatric home care company. And uh, that would be available to children throughout Connecticut and the, and the Northeast region. Um, that's, that's very exciting to be able to, to do this. And I think we probably would have done something like this, but it would have taken us years to get off the ground. But, uh, again, the sense of urgency has accelerated our, our timetable. Uh, what I'm nervous about is as we do these things, there are risks associated with them. And uh, because of our precarious financial position, if we have a misstep, it could exacerbate the financial challenges that we have. Uh, we're also nervous about um, the state's financial ability to sustain our Medicaid reimbursement. Over half our patients are enrolled in Medicaid, and our, our Medicaid program pays about 52 cents on the dollar of cost. And uh, no matter how efficient an institution is, they can't survive getting paid half their costs. And so uh, part of our risk and what makes me nervous is the ability to negotiate with the state um, and getting a better reimbursement rate that allows us to at least get to 60 or 70 percent of our costs that would allow us to uh, sustain our mission. Fantastic. That, that sounds like obviously it's a really important thing for you to be able to do. And so hopefully you'll be able to uh, make some headway there and, and transition into a successful model in the future. Uh, well, but the good news is the, the state of Connecticut has, has been very responsive. Uh, last year, uh, because we, we didn't get a lot of funding from the federal government, but the state did step in and we're very supportive. And so I think we have a, a committed um, group of executives and a governor who's very supportive of children's health care. And so I'm, I'm very optimistic about that. We, we've been trained in the medical model to take care of people once they're sick and injured. And what we have to do is start transitioning into more of a public health model and being proficient, is it proficient at that as we are in the medical model? So prevention, primary care, wellness, um, and aligning those activities with the reimbursement um, so that we, we're, we're doing the right thing for our patients and, and not uh, risking our financial viability as a result, which is a current with fee-for-service model, that's, that's the risk we have. But I think going forward, we have to change that model. That's great to hear and, and really fantastic to, to know that that's already in the works. Um, my last question I have for you today is, could you share three important trends for emerging leaders in healthcare to know? Yeah, I think it's to... Um, to be creative, um, we, we in, inside Connecticut Children's Hospital, I think there's a sense of optimism in, in, in spite of the, the challenges and the difficulties we've experienced this last year, uh, maintaining an optimistic perspective, uh, staying focused on the mission, and uh, working with our staff. It, it, it takes very special people to work with children, and so continuing to support the, the, the staff, the physicians, particularly during periods like we've, we've just experienced, I think has been critically important. And then being creative and looking for innovative ways to uh, take these, these high risks that we're all experiencing and turn them into opportunities. 
Fantastic. Well, Jim, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really, really great discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Well, thank you so much for having me. If you enjoyed this interview, check out more Just Like It by subscribing to the Becker's Pediatric Leadership Podcast, available for download wherever you get your podcasts.